0: This is At-Risk Radio. Welcome to At-Risk Radio. At-Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership inside the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. And I'm here with David Witt, and he is the CEO of SOM International. Every month, Spirit of Martyrdom puts out a newsletter, full color with pictures and with stories that talk about what's happening inside the persecuted church, or as we like to call it, the church at risk. And again, in February, there was a an incredible number of stories that that were there, and uh, great pictures that came right from the field. You know, I I love some of these pictures because it's like literally these guys who are are in the church of risk are pulling out their flip phones, and uh, well, you say you keep giving them iPhones, but uh, anyway, they pull out their phones, and they're taking these pictures, and it's real, it's raw, coming from the front lines. And we get to see these people who are, first of all, getting baptized for the first time. Uh, we have uh, radio stations that are up and getting started, and the word of God is being broadcast. Uh, we have church meetings that are being started up for the first time. We have church planters that are being um, trained up and sent out. But I think I want to talk talk about this story coming out of North Africa first. Now, there was this incredible story about how our contact in North Africa—I won't say his name just for sake of just making sure he stays safe—but he's ministering the gospel, and and there's some incredible things that are happening with his family. Tell me a little bit about what's happening with our contact in North Africa.
1: Well, his story is truly miraculous and and encouraging, inspiring, and, and I hope people get a hold of us to get our, you know, North African director's uh, story. But uh, specifically here, we do we talk about his wife, uh, because both of them are, are Muslim uh, background fundamental. I mean, in fact, he was the first um, transform, you know, new believer that came out of his tribe in history. In history. Yeah, in history. <laughs> yeah. His was uh, a, a, the tribe that was known to bring Islam to that area of the world. His, his grandfather was a chief who brought Islam, and and, his, and he was a lineage of, of Quranic teachers. And his wife, the same thing, from a very devout, fundamental Islamic tradition. And they came to Christ, and God brought them together, and they're just an amazing, dynamic couple working in unity and love. And, but one of the price they paid for Christ and their Christocentric relationship was, was persecution. I mean, you know, the Bible says everyone desires to live a God life in Christ. Jesus shall be persecuted. And certainly they have passed that test and exemplified that. Right. After uh, they got married about a couple of months, they actually kidnapped um, our director's wife and they held her for ultimately five months, separated them, mm. and during that time, they tried to force her to sign divorce papers. And the the by God's grace, the judge gave favor, and he was a clean hearted, good judge. Mm. And he asked uh, the wife, our director's wife said, "Do you want to get divorced?" He she said, "No, I don't want to get divorced. I'm my family's forcing me to do this." And uh, and he said, to "Our director, do you want to be married to her still?" "Yes, I want to be married." And he said, OK, then you stay married. And um, and so then um, our director said, well, her family's outside right now. And if we go outside in the name of their God, they said they're going to kill us. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he said, OK. And he called him over the family and he said, if any of you touch this couple and do anything, you're going to jail and I'll tell you, for a long time.
0: That seems like that would be unusual in a mostly Muslim country for a judge to be that that fair towards somebody who's non-Muslim.
1: Yeah, well, Senegal is a, you know, it's an interesting nations very committed to Islam and been very hardened to the gospel over the centuries until recent history has there been a real hunger and awakening for the gospel. And yet at the same time, it was a French territory and it has a secular Judeo Christian, you know, um, uh, government there. And so it allows for the religious expression, assembly, freedom. Um, And and so much of the persecution there comes from families and and villages and not the the government, because the government actually gives freedom of choice and, um, so, so that, so, and, th- and this was a pure hearted judge and it's just like in America, there's good judges, there's bad judges. And this so happened to be, you know, he's a Muslim judge, but he was pure hearted. He just saw the truth. of the whole. Well, I, I want to squeeze in one more, one more story
0: here before we go to a break. Our contact in India is distributing food and blankets and Bibles and drawing pictures with children and sharing with them the gospel. And literally these people are are living under blue tarps.
1: Yeah. So um, India has been phenomenal. They they set the bar high for all of us. And Mark, <laughs> yeah, you and I talked true. humbly in the numbers. Uh, they, they Over Christmas, they were able to impact 10,350 migrant families. And this is one of the reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, encourage people to get this newsletter because we have some incredible pictures. And, um, but people need to know the context of the migrants. Um, and this all connects to, to COVID-19 when covid hit india is second after most impacted in the world by covid and so there's migrants all over india because it's a agrarian you know mostly agrarian economy and society there so there's a lot of there's there's the most tribes in the world in india and you know a lot of poverty and so there's a lot of indians that go from other tribes to the the cities or or even more the you know the agrarian areas and and from other states and you know they just they travel where the work is. And so they're called migrants. So they're not in their home village, their home tribe, and on and on. So when COVID-19 hit, um, to start with, these are the poorest of the poor. Right. And um, they all of a sudden were seen as dirty and unclean. And, um, and because the they stopped with all the regulations there and not and in social distancing and mask and on and on. Um well the government told all the migrants they needed to go back to their home villages. Mm-hmm. Well some of them lived over a thousand miles mm-hmm. and they don't have money for a train and um and so they started to walk. It got so bad the news was reporting that some of the migrants were dying of starvation. Mm-hmm and even and, and even thirst because what happened is they everybody saw them then thinking they're covid carriers because they're traveling uh-huh. so none of the villages would accept them no um, most indians wouldn't want to Interact with them or give them food or anything because they had to get close right. to them, and so the uh, and so our network over there saw this massive humanitarian crisis, mm-hmm. at problem for this segment of society, and so they they felt it on their heart that this is our job, and um and so they worked together as a community. We have nearly a million uh, believers in our network there, and um they just started collecting. Goods and services and you know, like you said, tarps um, and you know, and soap and and of course water and food. And then they were sharing children's books of, of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are illiterate, so they're preaching the word. Five thousand children's Bible stories and coloring um, books and pencils were handed out, and it was such joy because one, Mark, is these people felt loved. Two is they had specific needs. And three, they heard, heard the gospel. And they had never heard about this uh, loving God, the creator of the universe. So it it was it's been life-changing, and they continue that outreach too.
0: Well, David, there's a couple other incredible stories that came out of this newsletter. So when we get back, I want to jump right in with this incredible story of mercy and hope and love that came out of Mexico. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At-Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At-Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David, I literally was in a meeting two days ago where there was an older couple, a couple of older couples that were getting up their retirement age, and they were looking at the problem of orphan care and adoption and they were saying at our late age there's just no way we could take in an orphan and you know in their case they really couldn't but then i look at this story from mexico and this is phenomenal there's a a, two older ladies i can't tell how old they are but they look to be maybe late 60s early 70s and there looks to be uh, about a 13 year old girl i would guess who was orphaned and they took her in to raise her, even at that late age. Tell me a little bit about the story of what's happening here.
1: Yeah, the Onofre and uh, Josefina um, were, you know, they are an older, their grandparents ultimately, and um, I believe they're like in their late 60s. And um, they, um, you know, their heart was filled with compassion when uh, little Marina was a newborn and someone had left this little girl uh, just outside their door uh, home on the doorstep and, you know, n- with no under no understanding of who the mother father was, um, no real government support. Uh, what do you do? You know, um, so, right. you know, but but because they're believers in Jesus, they knew they had a power, a provision that was beyond this world because that'd be pretty overwhelming because they're poor. Uh, um, right. I mean, if people look at the picture, they you see how real poor they are. They, I yeah. mean, this is just a what do you call what do you call that market? A shack, or what would we call that in the United States? Metal-walled shack. It's, yeah. I mean, literally my
0: shed is nicer than where they live.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the you know the really dirt hard-packed dirt floor there, and um, the corrugated metal on the side. We're looking at this picture here. Um, And so, you know, SOM Mexico and the workers down there um, were able to discover in, you know, in their work and the remote areas, these villages, they discovered uh, these precious believers. And um, in sweet Marina here, who I believe is is uh, about eight years old, if I remember right, seven, eight years old. And um, and she was just sleeping on a very, very thin mattress on the floor. She didn't have any mattress, any bed frame, anything like that. And um, and so they just felt in their heart that they needed to meet that need and meet some other needs. And so the SM workers built a, a – oh, on top of it, yeah, they had no uh, bathroom inside, running water. You know, they just had a little outhouse in the back. Uh, so, you know, very meager means. And so SM workers came in and built that bathroom. And then purchased a new comfortable mattress and uh, bedding for Marina. And uh, they're just the smile on her face talks about the power of practical support, especially you know, God's heart for for widows and, and orphans. Um, and here's Marina, who has been provided by the by the Father in Heaven, by Onofre and Josephina, because um, their heart, and then other believers in the church truly coming in to meeting needs. And that's such a uh, impact in, in a story demonstration of the gospel. Yeah,
0: that's right. It, it's incredible. Honestly, it's really incredible what's happening there. But one last really incredible story. I want you to help us understand the significance of this. 30 baptisms in Bangladesh, 30 of them.
1: Yeah. How, how significant is that? Oh, I mean, massive. Bangladesh, one of the least reached uh, nations of the world, highest density of population. So some of the highest po- uh, poverty too. In Islam is the the religion of the land there. You heard about a Jesus and everything, but it's Jesus, the prophet denies the salvation atonement of Christ. They don't have ultimate, you know, eternal salvation. They don't. They don't have the story. They have religion. Um, they don't have a relationship with God. They need Jesus. Bottom line, right. and and so you know that in this world, that COVID has just brought out more this last year of the the spiritual uh, bankruptcy that we see in the global world. Uh, religion's not doing it. It's not giving the peace. It's not giving the hope. It's Jesus and Him alone. Right. And so there, th- these workers here in a in a highly contextual Islamic world and fundamental times. Um, are, are teaching Jesus and demonstrating Jesus, and, and yeah, this last month they did, they they had thirty Muslims say, "I want to identify with Christ." They discovered, you know, a baptism. You know, means of the the death of Christ being resurrected in the life of Christ as a as a witness of Christ. I mean, that's dangerous for Muslims to do that, and 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 they did that. They took that step of faith. Well, we can't help but rejoice, and of course, Mark, you and I know that all the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner coming to Christ. So there are thirty parties at least. Coming out of bangladesh to the angels in heaven this last month what i what i think is incredible about what our
0: contact in bangladesh is able to do the relationships he's able to build is he's seeing people come by the dozens to christ and then what it says here is that there's 12 church planting and lighthouse sewing schools starting in 2021. that means that's a multiplied effort of of many many dozens of people coming to know uh, jesus as savior and getting trained as disciples hey, if you want to know about what's going on in Bangladesh and Mexico and India and uh, North Africa and all over the world and the places where there's the most persecution, I think you need to have
1: the Spirit of Martyrdom newsletter. Wouldn't you agree, David? <laughs> That's our heart. We, you know, Our job is to build these relationships, serve and communicate. But if people don't sign up, we can't have that relationship and they can't give them what God's doing. And so that's our joy is when people connect with us and we build more relationships and encourage the by Christ here in America. Well, we want to,
0: once a month, send you a full color newsletter that shows pictures and has stories from all over the globe of these incredible things that people are doing in the name of Christ, people who are risking much for Jesus. So as we close up our show today, I want to encourage you to go to spiritofmartyrdom.com and click on the link at the top to sign up for a free newsletter. And we're glad to, at no cost, send you a a newsletter once a month so you can be informed about what's happening at The Church at Risk. Well, that's all the time we have for today. My name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.